Welcome back to season two of Pull Up with Miles and Owen. We took an off-season break, but we survived the first year. We had 18 episodes down last year, and it was just some of my favorite conversations that I've ever had in this space. So we really loved being able to bring that to you. We're changing it up a little bit this year. As you could see if you're on YouTube or some other video platform is that we're also doing video this year as much as we can. It's not just going to be the audio format. So we're really excited about that. If you were saying Miles and Owen sound great, but I wish I could see their faces right now, guess what? You're going to be able to. And uh, we apologize in advance for that too. But we're, we're pumped. One one too many people this offseason said that we had faces for radio and we had to respond. And this was the only way. But no, we're we're super excited. It's been too long. I think we've both uh, missed in the last couple months these conversations and how invigorating and fun they are and how engaging they are um, in terms of the people that we've been lucky enough to bring on. And so that's our goal. Season two is to to keep that going and and keep that on the up and up. Uh, just bringing you guys guests week after week, media, coaches, players, anyone in the women's basketball sphere that we think is cool and interesting and want to talk to. So we've we've got, you know, one of those great guests lined up for you today uh, for for the premiere of season two. But yeah, it's, uh, it's great to be back. And I think last year for us was largely about can we do this? Can we have this podcast? Can we have the, these conversations? And will it gain any traction to make it, you know, better than just you and I sending each other voice notes about the W at two o'clock in the morning? <laughs> do, does anyone care? And we were just completely baffled in a good way about how many people were jumping on to have these conversations with us last year. And we want to build on that. So this is me right now saying to our listeners that we also now want to be better in season two. Last year was about, can we do it? This year, we're going to endeavor to be more consistent. We're going to try to get you weekly episodes. And the beginning of this actually is going to be a little bit better because we know that we're going to be able to get you weekly episodes for the, for the next couple of months, at least. We've entered a partnership with Athletes Unlimited. So we're going to have an AU player on every week. And that starts today. And every Wednesday, you'll have a new episode dropped in your inbox or on your timeline or however any of this stuff works. And we're also not just going to stop there. We have a couple of media conversations that we want to have. So we're going to sprinkle those in. So you might even get two in a week in the next couple of months. But we're going to try to take that momentum, carry it through the season so that you can consistently be looking for us in your feed because... Yeah, it's it's hard to book all these guests, but we're but you guys have showed us that you're here and you're listening and we want to do right by you. Yeah, and we and we want to hear from you guys too. Uh Miles sent out a tweet recently that was great uh asking who you guys want to hear from and, and we want more of that. I think that that like Miles said season 1 was a lot of of, you know, trying to gain confidence and and figure out whether whether we could do this and now that we we know that that we can uh we want to hear how we can be better and who you want to hear from uh so that we can bring you guys the most engaging and fun frankly uh weekly podcast uh that we can. So I think I think we're we're on the way to doing that. 
And now you get to to look at our faces every week. And, and for that, we we are truly sorry. So, yeah, sorry about that. Enough from us. Uh, we know that you're not here just for this preamble, but it, it's been a kind of hectic few months for both of us. But good things. The reason I will take responsibility for the podcast dropping off a little bit, but uh, I scheduled my wedding for day one of the finals last year. So I think that um, that timing led right into our offseason break and the, just the chaos of getting all of that together. I needed to take a step back and my beautiful, lovely wife, who also created the this template that you're seeing if you're watching this on video, um, she's been very patient with me. So I took some time with her, but uh, now I got to go back to my work wife and I'm, I'm back here with Owen now. So we're here for these conversations. <laughs> Yes, congratulations to to Miles and Allie. The wedding was wonderful. A, a fantastic time was had by all. It was a very WNBA wedding too. We we must we must mention there was a, there may or may not have been a WNBA finals game being watched on a phone or two uh, minutes before the ceremony. Not 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 by, my, not by me. No, not by my podcast husband Miles, but uh, but but by myself. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's been good to recharge, but we're we're super excited to be back. And there's so much stuff to talk about, too. Today, we're going to get into uh, our guest, who is the amazing Kelsey Mitchell. Um, but we're going to be talking over the next handful of weeks. I mean, there there's been a ton of WNBA free agency news, news in general uh, that that we want to get into. So we, this is this is just the beginning. Hit us, hit us with questions. Hit us with topics. Hit us with guests you want to hear from. Um, we're excited to to get back to it. All right. So without any further ado, thank you for pulling up with us. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode nineteen of Pull Up with Miles and Owen, the first episode of season two, our premiere. Uh, we're very excited to to get back into it. And today we have an extremely special guest uh, joining us, WNBA All-Star. She's the third leading all-time point scorer in NCAA Division I women's basketball history. Let's just let that sink in for a minute. Ridiculous. Uh, Three-time Big Ten Player of the Year. And next month she will be heading to Dallas to participate in Athletes Unlimited Indiana Fever guard, Kelsey Mitchell. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. How's it going? How you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Thank you. We're uh, we're super excited for this. We wanted to start off super, super vague and broad here. How's your offseason been going? What's a, what's a day in the life of Kelsey Mitchell during the WNBA offseason? Oh, man, it's really a uh, we, we don't have as much time as like the NBA guys do. So you find you find different ways to incorporate everything you need in your everyday routine. So that might be lifting uh, in the morning and then going to the gym in the afternoon, um, that kind of thing. And you try to get as much as you done, as much done as you can, because we have so little time to actually rest. And I think you go to appreciate our game so much more because we have to find so many more ways to, I guess, be different and be unique because we don't have that 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 normalcy that others have especially as as a pro you were talking about the offseason and you're an athletes unlimited vet this you're three for three playing with au so some players that we've talked to in the past have discussed uh the weekly redraft structure feeling just so much like 
playing as a kid again with the tournament style, with the, the single location for a month, just kind of the camaraderie in the player pool where you could just be on the other side one week and then teammates the week after that. What has your experience been like with that league? Does it kind of fall into that kind of category? Oh, for sure. It's one of those things where you kind of, you kind of just enjoy playing. Uh, there's not really too much behind it. There's not, you know, uh, too much anyone can really like, you know, you get so used to have someone to have someone tell you stuff, um, tell you to do stuff, be coached. And I think this is different and it's fun because you find different ways to balance your game off others. Um, you grow to have like a relationship through it. And I think that's the best part. And yeah, there are the facilitators that are there, but it's it's the players running the show. It's the players drawing up yeah. all the sets and everything like that. How has that helped you be a leader in, in any kind of, in any league of basketball that you've played in? Uh, it's helped a lot. I think the biggest part for me is always, been, uh, I've never been a vocal leader. Um, I'm, I'm not very outspoken, but uh, being able to do Athletes Unlimited and be able to see other players do it at such a high level, especially the great ones, like you see them do, you're like, wow, that's, you know, that command and have that command on the game is really important. So I think it's helping me take a big leap. One of the great things about AU is that it offers players the ability to stay stateside during that WNBA offseason. How do you think that's helped change your routine in any way or just, you know, make you feel comfortable in the WNBA offseason? Oh, it's been super. Oh, my. It was like a blessing in disguise, honestly, because like overseas gets so overwhelming. So for so many other things. Um, the travel, the 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 constant, you know, being away, you know, you spend time in the league and you go right over there. It's like, you know, you never have time to actually decompress. And so it gives you a chance to kind of get the best of both worlds. And you play really good high, you know, high IQ basketball with other great players. So I think I think it was a blessing for a lot of us. <laughs> I think that's awesome. And I think that that first year that you're at AU, you also played overseas in Israel a little bit too, right? So you kind of like made that transition. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, it was one of those things where overseas just wasn't working out, whether that be the clubs or um, injury or, you know, what you still have it is. So it got to the point where, for me, mentally, I wasn't willing to go through that constantly. And athletes and limit, you know, I got introduced to it and I, you know, I fell in love with it ever since. One thing that I've loved myself about AU is that the league has really provided some growth opportunities for athletes that just I either haven't gotten consistent reps in the W because they're young players earlier in their career that are still making those adjustments. Or if it's yeah. vets that they'll step back on the court and remind everyone that they still are these dynamic ta talents, then we've seen them go out and sign deals with W teams. I also think about the growth we've seen from players like, like Jordan Canada last year or Lexi Brown. Is there anyone in particular that you've watched from up close and been like, yeah, that's, that's going to translate to the W next season. Um, I always like, you know, you know, take take pride in like getting to know other great players and like disrespecting them and who they are. And uh, one that's like close, like because you only see them for so long, but like you have a teammate in it. Um, like I was gonna say Lexi Hall because yeah, Lexi's her aggression has always been there. And so seeing the AU and then watching it translate into our W season this past season, it was really great for her. And I was like, this is perfect. Like you know, so. I'm happy that she was one of the ones I was able to see, like, because I happened to go to camp with her and we had a season together. So I can really tell you about it, you know? So like mm -hmm. seeing her like develop, like just like a, a sense of confidence. It's not about, you know, the talent or ability. It's like seeing Lexi go, you know, be that aggressive player that she is. It was, it was really great. 
Yeah, Lexi was fantastic last year. And and I should have also brought up Nalissa. Nalissa was really terrific in AU. And I mean, I was supposed to I mean, obviously the MVP, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was Liz Liz is that player and she's that's my baby. She's uh she's got a chance to go be one of the greatest. And if she continue to be who she is, that's that's you know. I I'm, I say Lexi because Lexi's one of those ones where I met her. She was like on on like confidence, really, really big. It was good to see her kind of just hang loose. Uh, that's awesome. I I think, like you said, Nalissa being being that player already. I think one of the coolest things is seeing people gain that confidence. It's just about reps. It's just about yeah, men. for sure, for sure. Uh, another one of our favorite things about AU that we love, every athlete's play also boosts uh, a charity um, that's important to them. The Athlete Causes program provides a fundraising platform that allows them to donate funds equal to 100% of their season win bonus to support the causes they love. So this season, you're playing for Special Olympics South Carolina. Um, why is this organization so important to you? Um. I got a chance to know Miss Debbie Antonelli really, really closely um, in college. Um, I got a chance to know her personally from a standpoint of her son, um, who's uh, been a part of Special Olympics. Uh, she's kind of like had to cultivate a lifestyle for him, and I think the biggest part about that was I got a chance to know her personally. Now I was like, this is cool, and uh, you get to grow respect in a different way for it. So I just kind of grew grew to it, uh, gravitated to the cause and what it meant. And I also just want to recognize that this this dedication to community, that's that's nothing new to you. You run the Kells Hoop Foundation, which yeah. looks to support and encourage student athletes with limited opportunities in their pursuit of playing competitive sports. Um, and I also saw you guys held your third annual toy drive a couple months back around the holidays. Yeah. So just growing up in Cincinnati and now being able to directly pour back into that community, it's it's amazing. What has driven you to always want to give back like this? Uh, I think, I mean, it's going to sound cliche, but I, the older I've gotten, I watch the news and I'm like, Jesus, you know, it's like, it's, 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 it's like, it's heartbreaking to see so many kids been taken indoor, uh, different things happen on the bad side of things. It's like, I feel like they just need a resource and the foundation strives to be that in um, different ways, um, limited, unlimited. And I think for us, like I grew up in a gym at a community rec center. So I know what it's like to just go somewhere. Your parents get, got work, you know, they got responsibilities too. And so you find different ways to build relationships. And those centers, those resources are, they help kids be kids. And I, you know, I just want kids to be kids. And I think that's what our foundation strives for. That's really, really incredible. I love that. Um, and to highlight that last June, you won the Don Staley Community Leadership Award. And yeah. you were the first player to receive that honor in both college and the WNBA. And I jotted down something that Dawn said at the time, because I thought it was just incredible. And it really speaks to just everything that you're doing. And she said, community service is a selfless act with all of the pressures, travels and time away from family that players balance. They could easily make excuses on why they don't have time to do anything extra. You find the moments where you can utilize your platform to elevate others you somehow find the energy to give back because you know that you have the resources that communities need. Kelsey exemplifies what it means to have a servant's heart. She's no stranger to being a community advocate and philanthropist or to this award. And like I said, she was the first one to win both, displaying leadership both on and off the court. What does that mean to hear that coming from Dawn Staley, especially? 
Oh man, it's, it's everything. So when I was when I was what I, I just turned, you know, I guess pro after the draft, and I got invited to go do USA basketball. And at the time, Don was the coach, and I was fortunate enough to make that final team to play China in uh, Seattle. And I didn't play at all really into the end, and I, I was I was grateful. And she called my name. She said, "Baby, get on the court." And so I ran on the court. And, I, you know, my last couple of minutes, I was able to make some effective plays on behalf of USA Basketball. And that was my first moment. And she didn't have to give me that moment, but she 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 was dope enough to do that. And I always look at Don as a pillar to who she is now and what she do for South Carolina. That's great. That's so cool. Uh, I feel like we've gotten a whole bunch of Don stories on this podcast. And every time yeah. oh, I just like perk up as soon as we hear her name mentioned. So we're, we're yeah. looking out for it all the time, too, because, yeah, Don is fantastic. And in just building basketball community and and also, you know, somewhat of that transition from the early days of the W to now to building into the next generation. Uh, she's really been in the middle of it. So we love Don around here. <laughs> yeah, she's she's one of the she's one of the greats. And I was scrolling through your socials and trying to find something that was not a basketball conversation for you. And yeah. you you are just someone who lives and breathes hoops. So yeah, if I, if I said yeah, if I said you cannot pick up a basketball today, what does a day look like for you away from the court? Oh man, I actually I'm a I'm a family person. Like I don't really have because of the lifestyle that we have to live right now, it's like you don't really have time to like hang, hang with your friends as much as you want to. But um, family is everything. And so in my off time, or if I don't have a day where there's no basketball, I go with my uh, my nieces. My brother has my brothers has three girls, and then my other twin brother has a boy and a girl. And so uh, family is everything for me. And like we just kind of hang out, kick it, eat, you know, watch movies, watch basketball. <laughs> So uh, that that's like really like my thing. I just find ways to like be with family or there are people I label family. That's wonderful. Love, love that. We wanted to go back to the the early fever days. This is a not an original question. Every WNBA reporter loves to ask this question, but I'm gonna I'm gonna fall in line and be another one to do it. What was your welcome to the W moment? Is there is there a a player or a certain memory you have that was like, oh, I've I've made it. I've arrived here. Oh man, Jesus! I have so many. I feel like on and off the court. Uh, I think off the court was like not like no one. No one tells you the stuff about like dressing up, like putting on outfits. Like you just kind of like look around day by day. Like oh, you can do this, you can do that, and like you kind of figure that out. So that was like a welcome for me because in college you used to have itinerary. Like everything is like labeled for you. Like. You know, you get to pro, it's like, you figure it out. Like, this is your life. Like, create your own schedule outside of, like, what the organization requires. Like, so it was, like, trying to adjust to, like, what they call as a pro off the court. And then I would say, on the court for sure, Maya Moore had me on the block. She was, like, the three. She was playing the three at the time. So it was Simone Augustus, and I think it was Lindsey Whalen. Like, that was the three-guard front. And then on the inside was Rebecca, and it was... Uh, fouls and I was like, okay, <laughs> just a casual back, just a casual, you know, back me down, fade off one leg, just casual. So I was like, welcome to the WBA. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you're like, oh, this is this is a little bit different. This is uh, this is something because different. you gain a different respect from her more because she, her ability to shoot the ball 
and put it on the floor. Like mm -hmm. she's a bigger, she's a, you know, she could play like literally every position. So it, it's dope. Legend. I also love what you said on the off the court stuff because we hear a lot of those. You know, Maya Moore hit a hit a shot on me. Th this type of stuff, but I've never thought about it from that perspective. And and the the transition from college having your days planned out to it's just you're a pro now. Make make yeah. you will. That's uh, just adds the impressiveness of of what it takes to be a rookie in this league. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's you grow to appreciate your own growth because it's like, huh. And I've come a long way considering where I started. And it's like, you know, whoever God we worship, like, he puts us on earth to, like, you know, experience these kind of things. And so I, I was fortunate enough to experience and go through those valleys to kind of, like, peak, you know, in different ways now. Some of, yeah, some players that we've spoken to before, they talk about that transition also from when you're a rookie, second-year player, and then all of a sudden you're a vet. It's like you don't you don't have any time to say, no, I'm I'm still learning, but you're then all of a sudden put into yeah. this leadership role. So right. how has that journey been like for you going from you know one of the young stars in the league where you're like, all right, everything's up, everything's in front of me, to then having those leadership roles and to be an established veteran that now people are looking to you to help them kind of get to that spot? Uh I mean, I've never looked at it like it was something that, like, I was forced to do. Um, I think anybody that genuinely wants good for people, you just naturally want to do it anyway. And I think for me, it's like, you know, having a young, a, a young legend, Elia Boston, come in and, you know, you grow to appreciate, you know, what they've been through and experience because they're in a different era. And so you find different ways to help them that don't involve basketball sometimes. And so a lot of times, especially as youngins, like, you need that because everything's so – business mind like mind driven in that you don't get a chance to decompress it so i like to be that for the young ones that come in or try to be yeah i can't i can't let a mention of Aliyah go by without giving a follow-up i i was lucky yeah. enough to chat with her the other day at usa basketball camp here in brooklyn and every time i talk to Aliyah, i'm just floored by just how professional she is how just obviously yeah. she's been doing recently with broadcasting how has she come in just as a teammate and just seemingly fit, like just seamlessly into that fever locker room and roster? Well, like it's, it's like I said, like the the air is different. So, you know, the social media, the platform, the ability to make, you know, be be great on the basketball court too. It's like it's, they they've already kind of mastered the professionalism part, you know, early. Like where it's like, you know, 2014 or 13, 12. It's like we were like literally kids kids you know so I think they've mastered it early and I think she does a good job of like you know mastering that professionalism but I think sometimes it can be overwhelming because I've done it too and so maybe not on that high level as she has or so early as she has but it's like you know you want to you want time to just be you too you said it young legend Leah Boston we we, we love Leah on this pod I Going back to you for a second, making the All-Star Game uh, was just an incredible honor and felt like it was way overdue. And I remember reading a, a cool story where a lot of like real WNBA legends were quoted as being like, Kelsey came into the league. She's been playing like an All-Star since she got yeah. here. And they they were all commenting on how seemingly overdue and deserved this was. What did that feel like for you to finally get that recognition that, that you've deserved since you've been in the league? 
Oh man, I appreciate it. Uh, I think for me, it's like I was, I was internally grateful. Um, you call you some a lot of this stuff is uncontrollable. Um, whether we want to believe it or not, and I think the one thing I can always control is like who I am as a person. And so when I meet these legends and I, you grow to respect them and learn from them, um, you know it's because you've been genuine. It's it's because you build those soul ties with these people. And I think because I did that and learned that early that like I ain't gonna be able to control how I'm treated. I can control how I treat people, though. And I think that, for me, it was a, I, I was always grateful to hear that, you know, people saw my game. I've always flew under the radar. Like, I feel like I've always kind of been, like, you know, creeping through. And I've always been okay with it, honestly. But um, to know that I was, you know, treated with such grace and respect, I was I was grateful because it was a time where I felt like I didn't know why I was, you know, the, the accolade was the accolade, but it was like, like, wow, like, can I play at this level? Like, you do, you, you do start to question, I think, um, I reached my peak when I stopped caring about um, being an under the radar player. So you you earned every single part of that. You've earned so much more, and we're lucky that we're going to see you continue to grow. <laughs> Thank you, man. What about so then? Take us back to Vegas last summer. What was that experience like for you? And I'm going to go back to the well that Owen was in when he was asking about experiences and and your come to the W. What was your welcome to All Star moment there? Oh man. All Star was so chaotic. I was like, oh my, they send you all these, these paperwork, right? You know, you know your family, tickets, no tickets. You, you know, KP talked about, you know, not having tickets. So all that stuff combined and then having to appear, not having to appear, being late, you know, talking to the, like, it was so much chaos. And I think that, you know, I guess that's what was All, all Star for. <laughs> I think that Vegas is that that group of players there, they're the right team to be hosting because they're very good at balancing that business with the fun. Yeah. So they set that tone. They set that yeah. tone really well where they're like, we're For here sure. to celebrate ourselves. So hopefully that, sure. once you get past the chaos, you're able to also cut loose a little bit there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, it, it was really fun. Um, I think at the time Vegas was building that big old spear or mm -hmm. something like that. So it was just, it was just busy. It was busy. I said, this is definitely Vegas. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I've had as media, I've gone to some events and I'm like, I got to get all this art, all these articles done, all these interviews. And then halfway through, I'm like, I need to enjoy this too. I need to take a step back, live in the moment a little bit. For sure. And All-Star, I think, is a great example of where you can find that balance. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You get, you you get a chance to like enjoy it and, you know, focus on business, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So your fever are once again sitting on the number one overall pick. How much are you still locked into the college game right now? Is it even more knowing that you've got that number one pick? Or is it just like you've got enough going on that <laughs> it's hard to keep up? I would say more of the second one, like, like unconsciously. Like not that like I, if I could sit and like constantly watch, I would. Like there are games that I'll catch, obviously. Um but the the girls, the women's game is growing so much that you can't keep up. It's like, you know, people are great here, West Coast. You know, you got people, you know, having 50 and Juju Watkins. And then you got, you know, it's just so much happening that's so great that you can't keep up. It's a good problem to have. We're going in the right direction. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> Well, you bringing up Juju scoring 50 is a great transition here for me into this final uh, phase of of the podcast because I wanted to talk about some specific basketball stuff. Uh, yeah. 
the not to get too philosophical here but the art of getting a bucket to, there's only like a handful of of basketball players in the entire world that are just described as being a bucket and you are one of those players <laughs> i wanted to get your take and, and hear you describe the work and the skills behind the scenes that goes into being a bucket because it doesn't just happen like that you you have to put in the work develop the skills, all this different stuff. How would you describe how, how this came to be? Uh, man, I would describe the game of basketball and being able to, like, having the unique ability to, to find angles and to find um, spaces, whether it be big and or, or small. Um, like you said, only a, only a handful of people in the world can do it. And when you – I see the I see the game of basketball as poetry. When you when you're able to find poetry is is is, is, is rhythm. It's, it's it's a form of balance. And I think the game of basketball is that. Like for example, I look at Kyrie like poetry. Like when I watch Kyrie, it's like he he he's he's he got a he got a flow that's super consistent, and the way he finds his angle and the way that he can utilize his feet against yours is like it's amazing. It's like it's hard to describe, but like. I sit and watch people like Kyrie and they're like the young ones now, like Tyrese Maxey, De'Aaron Fox, like them guards, like they the way they find angles in this league now, it's like you grow to appreciate the game. And because when you can score like that and find different ways to use your footwork against someone else's and or use your hands or your movements or have a flow, um, it's a, it's a dope thing to have. And I think our league has that. And I think like basketball now is like, you got fours and fives that can like really like Jokic like put it on the floor now, and so it, it's it's a rare thing, but it's also dope for for the game of basketball. That that's such a fantastic answer. I love that. I feel like that gets that why we all love basketball. The, the right, exactly. rhythms. Like I was getting hyped just listening to you answer that question. And what the first time I remember seeing your game, it was like that. The handles, the angles, the space that you'd create to get your shot off. Uh, take us back through getting into basketball and, and when did you, did you realize that you might have something special brewing? Oh man. I, uh, like my entire life, like I come from a city where, you know, we got, we, we heavy on the crime here. And so like, I come from a two parent home and my parents are bad. We, I come from a basketball family. And so my dad coached in the inner city. Um, so around like seven or eight, eight or nine, he got the head coaching job in the city. And so that was the first time I recognized, you know, life outside of your own small life, uh, what struggle looked like, you know, what, you know, poverty looked like, what homelessness looked like. And my dad would take in a lot of his kids and, you know, they we would they would live with us because of their different situations. But the game of basketball brought us together. And so I feel like the game, seeing it in that, in that light and seeing how they actually, you know, trenches, my dad instilled that into us. And so I feel like, from that point on, I was I was playing in every bad neighborhood you can think of just playing basketball. And I think basketball can save lives if you let it because it saved mine. And I know it. I watched my dad save kids' lives through hoop. And I, I think it's possible. And I think it's dope. That's just such a full circle. Back to just talking about how, how you give so much back. It all just kind of makes so much sense. And it's all coming together. And yeah, yeah it's sure. a universal language. It really yeah, yeah, it's like it, the language of it is so crazy, man, because it's like you grow to appreciate people for who they are. Like we mm -hmm. spend so much time judging each other through social media. Like 
believe me, like we all have a life outside of social media, whether you want to believe it or not. And I think that when you get a chance to see different people that come from different walks of life and we can use basketball to come together and you just grow to appreciate where everybody come from. And I think when you use that language, it's, it's respect. Like, and I think that we could use a lot more of that. It's the accessibility too. It's, I think that's, that's hey. the part of it that, that you're getting at that, that is so important is making this game accessible to people and, and people being able to see people play basketball on, on TV and, and, and uh, coming together through that is, is really cool. So yeah. I appreciate that answer. And yeah, the community building that, that goes with that too. It just all called all folds in as one. Um, so, okay. We've held you for a long time. So we got one last one clock is winding down on us. So the transition here is Chicago last year. You hit a game winner in the final seconds, walking down <laughs> a couple of sky players before knocking down a step back right as the clock expires. Take us into the mind of a scorer right there. What's going through your head as you're watching five, four, three, the seconds tick down and you get that shot up. Oh, wow. Um, I love behind the scenes at the time. I, I wasn't particularly playing great. It was, it was you know, you know, I was kind of like on, on the end of like not, you know, getting the rhythm, you know, not necessarily making enough shots at the time. And so down the stretch of the fourth quarter, you know, we start to play well on both ends of the floor. And I was like, okay. It, it became less about, you know, me anyway. It was more about, like, okay, do what's required. And so uh, we, we, we made a run at the end, obviously, and we get in the huddle. And Coach Christie was like, who you want to take the shot? And A.B. looks at me and says, you. And I said, okay. I said, let's do it. And so the play was you up, whatever, whatever, whatever. We get on the court, and it's Elizabeth Williams. Elizabeth Williams is extremely athletically long. And so I'm like, if you're going to make your play, you got to go make your play. you got to be aggressive because she's going to swap this out of this. You know, like, and so A.B. has set a really good screen coming off. Um, Sideline out of bounds, sideline out of bounds. And so when I got him on the floor, it was Dana Evans, and I was like, Really, you know, quick guard, quick hands. You got to be effective. And so, angles. And, uh, I, you know, I take pride in, like, watching, like, Kyrie, the way he said he uses people's hips to figure out where they where their next step is going to go. Um, Elizabeth happened to be in a drop. Er she was anticipating being in the hedge. And so I said, in order to get her out this hedge, I got to be aggressive. And the step back was the only way to separate the two. Like, in order to separate my space, and I got to separate from her early. And I came off the ball screen, and I saw that she was about to anticipate the drop, and so I heard it, but stepped away. I mean, once I saw that, the space to create, I was like, this could be a good shot to go in. And I was just like, ah, this is great. Thank God it went in. So <laughs> it was it was, it was was a good moment for our team, though, because we were on a, you know, it was kind of up and down, and so we were find, trying to find some balance. And so it was, a, it, was, it was a great moment for all of us. The timing, and thank you for breaking that down for us. And I was watching it back, and the timing – for everything to come together. Cause it's not just you looking at the clock. It's Aaliyah knowing when to come set the screen, when to slip so that so that exactly. Liz was kind of stuck exactly. in that in that hedge or if she's dropping and you just executed it perfectly and obviously knocked the shot down. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much, Kelsey, for pulling up with us. Um, AU starts later this month. So we're going to be talking to athletes every week on pull up. Okay. I'm just excited to you know, we're going to be able to see you hoop later this month. 
and uh, we'll see you down in Dallas. Thank you so much for pulling up. Thank you guys. Uh, this is a great podcast. Uh, we appreciate you guys for being able to show us and show us off. Uh, give us an experience. So we appreciate it. Thank you, Kelsey. Thanks so much, Kelsey.